With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to fox sports radio oh good morning everybody hope you are saturday is off to a great start it mercifully came to an end for one Will Levis. We'll get into that. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Will Levis, he goes 33rd overall, guys. There was a team actually traded up for him, you know? Glass half full. (laughs) He goes to the Tennessee Titans as they move up to get him with the second pick of the second round and uh not a bad spot not a bad spot to end up but it was quite the long wait there yeah yeah there is nothing more heartbreaking than watching a man who's about to be a millionaire one way or another surrounded by beautiful women sweated out (laughs) i mean no I, i i honestly did feel bad for him i really did um I, I'm, I've known a lot of guys who have had that experience, or I shouldn't say a lot, but I, I've, I've known a couple. And to a man, every single guy, it, it, it's, it's completely humiliating. And it's, it's just, you know, whatever it is, uh, you know, you invite the cameras into your home and, you know, it's day two of the draft and you're expected to be one of those second rounders or you're in New York and you're expected to be one of those first rounders. When your name isn't called, all of a sudden all the doubt starts creeping in. It's something that athletes have to deal with on the field constantly and it's easier to conquer on the field because you're in more control there. But this is this is you just submitted a job application. You're just sitting in the waiting room after meeting with the bosses, seeing if they like you enough. It's it's a bizarre situation to be in. And for those guys who have expectations walking into it uh, and having those expectations not met and and maybe maybe getting drafted after the round they were expecting to get drafted. That, that's tough, man. So, yeah, Will Levis, like you said, um, probably a good situation for him. Not not a terrible team to be drafted by, not a bad culture to be drafted to uh, with the Tennessee Titans. We'll see where they are. Kind of felt like they're, they they halfway hit the re- reset button last year with some of the things that, they, that went down. Uh, the trade of A.J. Brown, uh, obviously uh, Derrick Henry, the situation there. Uh, we'll we'll see what the Titans look like next year. No, absolutely, and uh, <laughs> like, uh, and and if you look at all the quarterbacks 
that were drafted. It's interesting because it was embarrassing at the time, the slide, you know, for Will Levis. And like you said, although he was surrounded by beautiful women, I'm not sure which one was his girlfriend and maybe the like the blonde girl was his sister. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know what's going on there in the world of Will Levis. But he was surrounded by beautiful women. And, yeah, there were times where I don't know if, you know, his back got tight and that was it. But they showed that one shot of him kind of like wincing. And you keep seeing that on a loop where it's it's as if he's just in pain because of the fall. It might not have been that. It might have been like, you know, his his left shoulder crinkled up on him for a second. I don't know. But the point is, he fell drastically, but he might have ended up in a better spot when it's all said and done compared to, look at C.J. Stroud. C.J. goes number two overall, Rich. And... What do they do the next pick? They trade a boatload of draft capital to get Will Anderson Jr. from Alabama. Might be a good pro, but I know he doesn't play tight end. I know he's not a wide receiver. He's not going both ways in the NFL. No. And look at what C.J. Stroud just left at Ohio State in terms of supporting cast and the talent around him. He left literally at minimum four first-round wide receivers. His tackle went sixth overall. You know, like, he's used to so much talent around him, and he's got Noah Brown and Nico Collins as wide receiver weapons, quote-unquote, right now. He's going to look at those guys and be like, are these my scout team guys? It's like, oh, these are my actual guys. You've got to surround C.J. Stroud with a lot more talent than that. You go from what he had in college at Ohio State to what he doesn't have in the NFL that is night and day. So you got to surround him with talent. And although Will Anderson Jr. might be a great defensive player, we'll see. He's certainly not an offensive player. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll find out what the the ten, or I should say, what the Texans look like with Stroud at quarterback because Stroud's not known to be like a, a Lamar Jackson type, right? You know where it's instant offense, just pour water and watch it grow. It's it's not it's not going to be that. You know there's there's a little bit more that he's going to need around him in order to make that thing go kaboom. So I agree with you. I think I think when you're a quarterback that's going to rely on your your pocket passing, you know your prowess um, from the I should say from the cumulative strength of your offense, like. A Will Levis, you know, you're going to want to go to a place where there's a little bit more of a culture. And look, yeah, Tennessee relies heavily on their run game, and they've been able to to make hay doing that for a long time. But that's actually a good thing for a young quarterback because it takes a little bit of the pressure off. Um, and they've got some emerging, I shouldn't say stars, but solid uh, help around the offense. Traylon Burks from a year ago, we'll see what that looks like. It's it's interesting, man. I I I want to say that it's a it's a better situation than getting taken <laughs> than getting taken at the top of the first round. But I I am hard pressed because getting taken at the top of the first round guarantees you certain things. You are going to get every single grace that a, a football player possibly can can be given because. All of these talent evaluators, especially the ones who select you, know how important it is to get the first round right, especially the top 10 of the first round right. Because as a general manager, you know, what are you evaluated for? You're evaluated for who are your first rounders and who are your big money free agent signings 
And if you don't hit on those, you're not a very good general manager. You know, it's kind of like wins and losses, those records being tied to head coaches. Like, I'm sorry, you could be the best head coach in the league, but if you're not winning football games and your players love you, that doesn't amount to a hill of beans. Like, you've got to win football games. You've got to get it right if you're a general manager uh, when it comes to draft picks, especially first-rounders. And so getting drafted at the top of the second round for Will Levis is very different than getting drafted at the top of the first round. What did you guys make of his decision to not stay for the second day? I I was just talking about this. It's embarrassing. You know, it's mm. it's it's that feeling of like you are humiliated when and I okay, I'll give you an example. And I think he's actually talked about this publicly, so I don't mind uh talking about it. And he's he's had a long career. But um Brian Hoyer uh who is still bouncing around the NFL. He's been a backup quarterback for, you know, he started a couple of years, but he's been a backup quarterback for the majority of his career. Came out of Michigan State, and he had cameras come to his house because he figured he'd be a solid second-round pick. And they were at his house, I believe, at that point, the draft was only two days. I believe they were there the entire second day. And he fell... The or no, the both days he, they were there day one and day two because it, it, it used to be the draft was one th- one through two was day one and then the rest of the yeah. rounds on day two and and so that's what it was they were at his house for two days production trucks that's in front wild. of the house the whole thing and he was humiliated by it so I think that's the reason why he left because if he fell further it would have gotten real bad for him I don't think he was gonna fall. like if if I was Will. And again, I, I guess the moral of the story is you don't put mayo in your coffee, you don't eat your banana peels whole, because that's obviously the reason why you fell, right, guys? Um, I, I would have stuck it out. I, 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 think, I, I think you give off the wrong message to the team that's drafting you. And I, I give Brian Branch a lot of credit, the defensive back out of Alabama, who a lot of people thought, including me, was going to be a first-round pick. He was at the event in Kansas City, didn't get drafted in the first round, showed up yesterday, got drafted pretty early in the second round, and they asked him on stage, what, you know, why'd you stay? He's like, well, this is, I mean, this is, my, this is my moment. You know, this is my one moment. You only get drafted once, right? That's what Kevin Costner said in draft day. Very much fitting. And it, it does kind of, I don't want to say that's why he fell because they found something that they didn't like and it was this and that. I just think of the quarterbacks, he was the fourth best and the way that the draft fell, like it just, this is the way that it worked out. These things happen. But I I think it's not a great first impression in my opinion. Like I I think if, if you want to overcome the adversity of being a quarterback in the NFL, I think you could stick around in Kansas City in the VIP suite for another 24 hours. Like, I, like it wasn't like he was going to slide that far down. Everybody was trading up, and I'm sure his agent knew that. Everybody was trading up or trying to trade up back into the end of the first round to get him. Um, multiple teams, that's all we heard overnight, was Titans, Raiders, all these other teams wanted to get back in the first round to try to get that extra year of, of control and will. So he had to know that it was not going to be a very long wait in the second round. Let me hit and, you with this one, though, though. Yeah. How about this? I only bought one wedding suit because I wasn't expecting to get married the next day, too. 
You know? Uh, yeah. Well, you think you didn't have an extra suit? You didn't get an extra suit? <laughs> I mean, I mean maybe. it's fair. Food, food for thought, <laughs> though, Rich. Food for thought. You might want to. You, you can't wear you the same wanna. suit two days in a row. Yeah, yeah I, I guess mean, that's like, fair. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest, though. You call your tailor that night. You say, hey, bud, I need another. I need this suit in a different color. You got yeah. this in the uh, mint metallic green for me? <laughs> no, that's I right. like that. I, but I, I would, I'd love to know what all went into that, where if the agent – like, let's just say, for the sake of argument, the agent is like, you know what? Let's let's get out of here after day one was a bust. But, but it's like, but you let them sit there and rot for the whole first round on camera, and now you want to well, bust them away? Well, that's ESPN's like, fault. Like, that's the, uh, that's the network's fault, right? Like, they showed them a million times. I, I would have stayed. I don't know. Maybe I'm just looking at it from a different view, and I'm not yeah. an NFL quarterback. I would have stayed. Hey, I hear you, but... The thing I always go back to, I would bring in Joe Thomas, just randomly popped into my head. The old uh, tackle out of Wisconsin, who I think was the number Stud. three overall pick. Yeah, and he was fishing with his dad <laughs> <laughs> like when he got drafted. You know, I think that is just your day. Yeah, you know, that's it, fair. Yeah, you've but worked so hard. Do. If yeah, you don't want to okay, be there fair. in front of the camera, I, like I get it. And it's, uh, I, I give you some grace on that one. But I yeah. hear what you're saying, Jared. I I can get that you didn't love the decision, but I always revert back to, hey, if you want to be there on stage in your first round pick, great. You want to be at home, great. You don't even want to have a camera on you, great. I just think you've earned whatever you want to do that day. Yeah, and and you know what? I it's so funny because I know that Will Levis has an agent and and that agency most likely has a marketing and PR arm. And I'm sure some of those people spoke with him before the draft, explained to him exactly how this was all going to work out. And then it didn't go the way anybody planned. And they saw him on camera constantly and saw some of his reactions and saw some of what the analysts were saying about him. And, you know, maybe they thought collectively like, hey, geez, you know, what if? Honestly, what if he does slide down the board in the second round, too? Do we really want him out there? You know, and there's a little bit of groupthink there like, yeah, let's pull him. Let's let's get him out of Kansas City. You know, let's say a lot of nice things to Will. When he gets taken, um, you know, we'll gas him up, and he'll go to whatever team he's going to with a full head of steam as opposed to having him sitting there, you know, getting stale in the suit. I kind of like to imagine a team of people making that decision. And I know we'll talk about Lamar Jackson uh, today here and the new deal. But when it's a team making that decision, it feels better than it's when, you know, it's it's Lamar and his mom and maybe a family friend making that decision. You know, like when it's a bunch of people have been around these cameras before and know the whole rigmarole of the draft day and the presentation and all that stuff. Like uh, that's what I picture happened with Will is they said to him and all of these wonderful women who are surrounding him the entire time. <laughs> hey, it, maybe it was maybe it was that. Yeah, guy. I just maybe, thought maybe about the same good. thing. Right. It was like, the, maybe it was she didn't have a second dress and not he didn't have yeah, a second. Dress. No, it was like. Uh, you know, Will is just like whatever. Yeah, he looked. For, He's like, I want to like, go home. He looked reasonably comfortable, but after day one, all the hotties are like, "Let's freaking let's get, get let's, out of let's here!" Bail, like, all let's right, bail. Okay, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and uh, conditions. 
uh, for yourself at discover.com slash match. We are off and running. We've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American with us. Jared Smith, Fox Sports Radio betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, Will Levis sliding was a big surprise, but that's just the beginning of the draft surprises. We will dive into it. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington. TJ Hushmanzada and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So it's got to be the biggest surprise of the NFL draft so far, and I don't see this being trumped, is uh, Will Levis's fall. You know, he was thought to be maybe at one time the second overall pick, and uh, he fell to the second pick of the second round. (laughs) That's a huge fall, but that wasn't the only surprise. I'm curious what you guys thought was a, a huge surprise or the next biggest surprise in the draft where the Jameer Gibbs pick from the Lions to trade up to number 12 overall, that was a shocker because it was really the opposite of Will Levis heading into the draft. A lot of people thought Will Levis would be one of the top picks, 
And there were a lot of people that thought Jameer Gibbs might fall out of the first round entirely, and yet he went 12th overall. That was a stunner. Yeah, it, it was a stunner indeed. I, look, I, I don't exactly know why these these teams feel so differently about running backs I unless look unless I'm I'm missing something because they they have again a full staff of people evaluating these talents they have people who had boots on the ground at many of these games uh, for the Longhorns and for the Crimson Tide and so it's very possible that my evaluation, I'm missing something major. Like these two guys are going to end up in in Canton one day. But I look at Robinson and Gibbs as being drafted over their positional value. Mm. You know, I mean, as good as Bijan Robinson is, you can find you can find a running back later in the draft who could potentially be just as effective in the NFL. Now, maybe I'll eat those words in a year. Maybe he'll be, I don't know, uh, uh, the next Walter Payton, and he'll play for a long time. It'll be one of the greatest we've ever seen do it. But the reality of the NFL is this is a passing league now. You know, there's very few teams. I mean, we could name one, really one team that has hung their hat on their run game over the past, uh, maybe two, Ravens-Titans. Over the past five years, you could say those two teams really hung their hat on their run game. Outside of that, the other 30 teams – really rely more on their passing game. And so it's so bizarre to spend such a high pick on a position that's not as valuable in the NFL anymore. Not only that, last year they spent the fifth-round pick on Tyler Algier, who was a stud. That's right. That's right. And he was really good. Yeah, he had a good rookie season. Fantastic. Um, The Falcons had one of the best running games in the league last year. But here's what they didn't do well. Rush the passer block mm-hmm. for the passer, get after the passer, defend the passer. I think it's just like, right? Like all of the other things that are so important. And I, I made a joke with one of my friends who had a really successful mock draft and, and one and his, his, one of his key picks was, was having the Falcons draft Bijan. And when I asked him about it, he said, yeah, just like the fit makes sense. And then I look at what the Falcons have done in the last three years. Last year in the top 10, they draft Drake London. Two years ago in the top five, they draft Kyle Pitts. Yeah. And now this year in the top 10, they draft Bijan Robinson. It's like a kid, a 15-year-old kid who's playing Madden is running their team in the draft the last three years. Like, let's just take all the best offensive players in the top 10 and forget about every other important position that is required to win in the NFL. Defensive end, cornerback, offensive line, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it just it, – it is – I think the, the Atlanta pick at eight um, – was very, very was very surprising to me, especially because you had a couple of really good offensive linemen fall into that spot. You had the Christian Gonzalez corner kid, who I thought was the Patriots were trying to trade up for him at one point. Of course, they trade back and they end up getting him anyways because that's just the Patriot way. It, like I, there was a lot of really good players in that eight, nine, ten, eleven spot. I know the offensive lineman Skaronski at a Northwestern had a had an interesting run, and Broderick Jones ended up getting taken later by Pittsburgh. They ended up jumping the Jets. So there were some really good foundational pieces for the Falcons available at eight corner O-line and they end up going running back and again I'm not running the show there I I would imagine if Thomas Dimitrov was still maybe this would be a very different pick but um, that that was a very intriguing selection at eight considering who you had on your roster and what you really struggled to do last year 
Yeah, and look, it's always a, a balancing act between what you perceive to be best available and what's your biggest need. And there are sometimes opportunities that present themselves that you say, how can we pass on this guy? But I would think some of those teams, when it's said and done, they're like, oh, shoot, we kind of didn't address this huge area of need over here where I just think of the Dolphins. We'll throw my Dolphins in the mix where they get Devon A. Chain, a running back out of Texas A&M, who is electric. I love this guy. But if you look at the Dolphins, similar to what you're talking about, Jared, the offensive line eh, needs some upgrading, needs some work. And yet you go with the running back, and that's great. But in terms of protecting Tua, you know, keeping Tua upright, making sure Tua isn't concussed again and thinking <laughs> yeah, about retirement kind of at 25. Right? Yeah, really important. So you could say something similar about the Dolphins, but it's always interesting the decisions that these teams make. Another stunner was that Jalen Carter who might have been the best player of the entire uh, draft, the was still there so at ninth well. overall, and the, the Eagles. Eagles get him. That was and crazy. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, but that, that makes sense, right? You know, like where they're selecting and then you look at their team, like the composite of that offense, not much has changed. Like the Eagles feel like a team that could repeat some success and they have a little latitude to just go and take the best possible player at the position they're drafting. So at ninth overall, even though you have, you know, pretty stout defensive line uh, with Davis and Graham and Cox, yeah, go ahead and add you a Carter and and have yourself just a rotation of monsters in the middle of that defense. I, I love it. When you when you go back to the Robinson or the Gibbs pick that high in the first round, um, taking running backs in the top twelve, it just it's a head scratcher because of the teams they went to. Like you were pointing out with the defense in Atlanta, but also the defense in Detroit. Like the one thing we said about Detroit the entire season was, oh yeah, these guys can't stop anybody. Like the offense is really good, but like they just can't i mean you know they're getting 30 hung on them routinely 35 and they're in shootouts in the fourth quarter every week if they're if they're even in the fourth quarter you know so yeah it's it's interesting but that Carter selection i mean if he ends up being at the NFL what he was at Georgia and i know a lot has happened between the point that his season ended and the point of him stepping onto that stage um if he can continue that success, that dude is a freight train in cleats. He, he yeah. I mean, he doesn't have lowlights. They're all highlights. He, mm-hmm. He's incredible. Yeah. I thought Seattle had a good draft, too. Um, I, I really like the Witherspoon kid out of, out of uh, Illinois. Um, you know, corners become a position. You saw Sauce Gardner last year win the defensive rookie of the year. That is an impact position right away. And obviously defending the pass is like the paramount thing to do in, in the NFL and football period. Clint Hurt last year had a ton of rookies on that defense. Woolen, an absolute rock star. And then you've got Kobe Bryant, the other rookie corner they had last year out of Cincinnati. Both those guys played really well. You add Witherspoon to that mix. It, dare, I, dare I say, with Quandre Diggs, kind of like the, you know, the veteran safety, you get a little Legion of Boom light now back mm. in Seattle. And then at 20, so that was the pick that they got in the Russell Wilson deal at five for Witherspoon. And then at 20, where they really were taken, they, they took Jackson Smith and Jigba, who – I think is the best receiver in the draft who slid down to 20. You pair him with Metcalf, and that is a very formidable wide receiver group. And then, of course, you know, in the second round, they they take another running back uh, to pair with Kenneth Walker. So 
I, if they could figure out – again, that offensive line's had issues too. There's some holes there. But they do have Charles Cross – um, and they do have Abraham Lucas, two rookies that they drafted last year. They're building a very – and they were one of the, the – I think the Seahawks – I didn't check the final numbers, but right around midseason, they had the most snaps from any rookie class last year. So now you add, I think, three guys that are going to start right away, two on offense at skill position, and then, of course, Witherspoon, the corner, who I think is going to step in and be a, a just a tone setter. I thought Seattle in that division with San Francisco's quarterback situation in flux, the Rams, they could – they're going to be the favorites, I I think, to win that division again next year. And that, that's going to be an interesting, interesting situation in the NFC West, I think. Man, that's something we got coming up here is the trend in the NFL. A lot of teams strengthening a strength. I think that's very interesting. Also, you talk about strengthening strengths over here. That's basically the, uh, the plaque in front of Isaac Lowenkron that just says what he does on not only a uh, you know an hourly basis, a daily basis, on and off the air. I low with the latest. What's going on, bud? Ryan, good morning to you. And with, with that in mind, I'm actually going to have a little change of pace here because I'm going to take this first item off. Instead of telling you in my own words what happened in the Lakers-Grizzlies game last mm. night, I am going to read... Magic Johnson's tweet summarizing last night's game. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like it. All right, here we go. Quote, the Lakers did what needed to be done tonight with a dominating 40-point win over the Grizzlies, 125-85, exclamation point. Four Lakers ended in double-digit scoring, led by D'Angelo Russell with 31 points. LeBron James added 22 points. Austin Reeves had 11 points. And AD finished with a 16-point, 14-rebound double-double. The quote. I think I think Magic wants to be you, Ilo. I was going to say, Magic's coming for your job, Ilo. You got to be careful. Gosh, this is amazing. You know what? I hear footsteps. Yeah, that's right. Here's a guy that I grew up idolizing, and you're absolutely right. He's running down the entire box score. So there you have it. Magic Johnson's tweet summarizing the Lakers taking the series four games to two. Earlier on Friday night, the Sacramento Kings won a Golden State 118 to 99 to tie their series at three games apiece. Malik Monk scored 28, De'Aaron Fox 26 points and 11 assists. Game seven will be on Sunday at Sacramento. In round two of the NFL draft on Friday night, the Tennessee Titans drafted Kentucky quarterback Will Levis 33rd overall. In the third round, the Detroit Lions drafted Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker at number 68 overall. On the Stanley Cup playoffs on Friday night, the Dallas Stars won at Minnesota 4-1. The Stars take the the series four games to two. The Colorado Avalanche, a 4-1 victory over the Kraken in Seattle, forcing a game seven on Sunday in Denver. The Carolina Hurricanes defeated the New York Islanders in overtime. Paul Stastny, the game winner, exactly six minutes into OT, so the Hurricanes win the series four games to two. And the Florida Panthers forced a game seven with a 7-5 victory over the Boston Bruins. Game seven will be on Sunday in Boston. On behalf of Magic Johnson, back to you, fellas. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Fox Sports Saturday rolling forward here on Fox Sports Radio. And yeah, guys, that was one of the trends of the draft. You've seen this. This wasn't just an outlier in 2023, but some teams, they elect to strengthen a strength. 
where you just were talking about the Seahawks, Jared, and you look at their wide receiving core. When you put Jackson Smith and Jigba as the first receiver off the board at 20th overall, when you pair him with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, that's strengthening a strength. If you look at the Chargers, right, they went with Quentin Johnston, our yeah. guy out of TCU who we spent most of the college football season talking about. When you look at the weapons that Justin Herbert has to throw to, they weren't just absolutely aching for talent. It wasn't like the Houston Texans over there. And yet they go wide receiver first round. And it just goes on and on. Like The Eagles, with their D-line, they took Jordan Davis in the first round last year. They go back and get his former teammate Jalen Carter this year. Or you could go with the Raiders as well. The Raiders go Tyree Wilson. He's going to be opposite Max Crosby. I just find that to be really, really interesting where some teams, they don't say, hey, we're good in the secondary. The Dolphins went corner with their first pick. They just traded for Jalen Ramsey. They've got Xavier Howard. You know, I, I just think it's interesting that there are teams, they know they're strong in an area, but they're like, Let's be over-the-top strong in this area. And we know there's turnover going forward. But I think it's interesting when teams elect to just strengthen a previous strength. Sometimes there's a great strategy in doing exactly that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's interesting if you were... If you were asking me flat out, like if I thought the Bills were going to go tight end in the first round, I probably would have said, no, yeah. I don't really see how mm-hmm. that makes sense. But but when when you start looking at the whole of the draft board and thinking about, all right, who's the best available player here? And if, if they wanted to, again, when you're a talented football team, you can kind of use the draft to just take the best player you deem available at that time off the board and maybe they had a huge grade on Dalton Kincaid out of Utah and said well you know what here's your time buddy because you're the highest card left on our board (laughs) and we don't need a quarterback you know so it's it's just one of those situations where um you know to the victors go the spoils you know we we say it in um we say it in college football all the time the rich get richer well, mm-hmm. there, there's a certain level to that in the NFL. Obviously, you know, with the salary cap, there's a little bit more equity in the NFL than even other professional sports leagues, and that's why it's so competitive. But the NFL draft, when you're a playoff team that has, you know, a lot of the edges kind of nice and nicely sewn up and you're all hemmed in there, you can just sort of add strength on strength. And the Eagles did it. The Seahawks did it. The Bills did it. There's going to be a lot of teams over the next five years who, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs kind of did it, although they need some help on defense. Um, there are going to be a lot of teams that, that are going to be have the luxury of doing this over the next couple of years. It doesn't guarantee them anything, but it is a luxury. Well, they did it the following day, the Chiefs did. They took Rasheed Rice yesterday. Yeah, there you go. Um, kid at SMU is yep. just a, he's a lightning bolt. Um, that's my favorite part of the draft, guys. Honestly, getting, you know, winning bets is my second favorite part of the draft. Didn't do great at that this year. It was a tough draft, I think, this year from a gambling perspective. Um, but I love seeing, like, we don't get 
an actual glimpse behind the curtain very often in the NFL. It does not happen. We're not in the meeting rooms. We're not in the film rooms. We don't get to hear what the coaches are saying. We don't get to see their reactions. We don't get to see that behind-the-scenes stuff very often. We get to see it on draft night. There is, a, there is a camera in every single war room. We don't get to hear what they're saying, but we could see the process play out as much as – we get to see the sausage being made about as much as we do in any specific – because I, I, I wish that I could be at practice, every practice, every week, to hear the things that are being said said and those little moments that shape a franchise and their attitude their core beliefs their culture on draft night they have to show us their cards they have to tell us who is the guy that they want to take the direction of the franchise we get to actually see the ship being steered and that's why draft night's so fascinating and every franchise has a different way of doing it the lions are the perfect example they drafted two positions in the top 18 that most people average analytical you know minds in the NFL would say those aren't positions that you should be valuing linebacker mm-hmm. and running back they're not positions that have a ton of overall top end first round value you should go corner you should go quarterback offensive line right defensive edge r- rush edge they went in another direction because those are the positions that they value old school head coach tight end guy biting kneecaps let's go linebacker and running back right like it just it, it shows the direction that teams want to go in and I love that because we don't get those glimpses very often. So I, I try to soak up all those little moments. For example, when they gave us a glimpse into the Dallas Cowboys war room, it looked like the Death Star when they were meeting with Dark Vader and, and Admiral Tarkin, and they're all kind of sitting there huddled around that that weird you know star underneath. Like Again, it shows the direction that certain teams want to go. It gives us a glimpse into their culture. It gives us a glimpse into their overall vibe, and, and, and I, I, I soak up every minute of it. That was one of my favorite parts of the draft in the first round was they're looking at the uh, – there's like a live look into the war room for the Dallas Cowboys. And on ESPN, they're just like, man, when we're evaluating Michael Mayer, the tight end out of Notre Dame, it's striking how similar he looks to Jason Witten, yeah, who was an all-time <laughs> great tight end for the Cowboys. And they're just like, it almost makes too much sense yeah. to go with – Michael Mayer, and I agreed with them fully, but they're just setting this up, setting the stage, and the Cowboys are shaking hands. They're like, oh, yeah, he probably took Mayer, right? And they go, nah, we go D-lineman out of Michigan. Let's go with that guy instead. Mozzie Smith could be a good player, too. I like him a lot. He, he very well could yeah. be. It's just funny how that, uh, that all transpired there. All right, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American, is with us. I'm assuming he's in a tight black T-shirt this morning. I'd be disappointed if he's not. Uh, got, yes. There you go. That's right. Jared Smith is with us as well, FSR betting analyst. I'm Brian No. Coming up next, it's one of the worst predictions of all time. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the Tyrac.com studios. I'll tell you what, fellas. It's one of the worst predictions of all time. It would be John Morant, the uh, star Memphis Grizzlies point guard, where he said earlier in the regular season, I, I'm fine in the West. <laughs> He's yeah. like, you guys have to worry about these Boston Celtics, but I, I'm fine in the West. And they get bounced in the first round of the playoffs by the Lakers, and they lose the closeout game last night, game six, by 40 points. Mm. I I want to hear all the excuses. I don't want to hear, well, I mean, uh, you know, John Morant's hand injury and a a couple of the bigs are missing. Let's not – 
Let's not make Brandon Clark and Steven Adams out to be, I don't know, like Tim Duncan and David Robinson. You know what I mean? I know it hurt them, but they just won game five by 17. John Morant had 45 points in one game. He had 31 points in the previous game, in game five. And they were an absolute no-show in a closeout game when they talked all that smack about, I'm fine in the West. That's a very chatty team that did absolutely nothing (laughs) when it actually mattered. They talk a good – they talk the talk. I haven't seen them do anything in terms of walking it, though. Uh, Yeah, I love, by the way, that that adjective, chatty. (laughs) Oh, so chatty. Chatty, Kathy. A chatty bunch they are. Yeah, look, you know, what's what's actually interesting about this postseason overall – is the upsets, you know? I mean, now the Lakers, I think they're better than a seven seed when healthy, but still taking down a two seed. The Heat taking down a one seed. Um, you know, I guess you could say the the Knicks taking down Cleveland is an upset, but yeah. but it's um but it's it's better than it's been in a long time. This postseason has been way better than it's been in a very long time in the NBA. I've been. I've been interested. I've been activated. Look, we're sports talk radio show hosts, so we're going to watch these games regardless. But I know when I feel differently about something I'm watching. The NBA regular season hit a very familiar chord with me. It really did not feel like it mattered, even more so now, because there was even less intrigue about, well, how this all plays out with the play-in. Now that's becoming rote. Now that's Mm. becoming, you know, I'm just sort of a passenger in this new NBA. I'm like, I get it. Yeah, 10 teams in basically, right? 10 teams? That's crazy. You know, you got two-thirds of the league in the postseason. But then when you whittle it down to eight and you actually see some of these upsets, I mean, this is fun. This has been fun so far. This is the first time in the history of the NBA postseason that a seven and an eight seed have both advanced in the first Mm. round. Yeah. Um, Shout out Miami happened. Heat. Yeah. Never happened before in the NBA postseason. And, of course, you have the Knicks. T- technically, it was an upset, of course. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, odds-wise, it was an upset. You have Golden State. Seeding-wise, could be an upset. But I don't think anyone uh, market-wise, based on the gambling, uh, you know, people think that's an upset. The, the Warriors were a big favorite pre-series to win. Um, and we'll get a game seven there, which should be really fun. But yeah, I, I don't really have much else to say about the upsets besides we are finally getting the popcorn that we deserve. Like we were waiting all regular season for it, and it's taken a long time to pop. You know, you put the popcorn in the microwave, you hit the popcorn button, and you wait. And we waited, and we waited, and now we are getting the uh, the the Orville Redenbacher experience here, um, nice. here in the in the first well, round of the postseason. Hey, man, our popcorn is turning stale in terms of watching <laughs> the the Grizzlies actually make good on all these bold proclamations. Oh, <laughs> like Jaw to say, I'm fine in the West, and then turn around in a closeout game and shoot three for sixteen from the yeah. field. Right? Are, are you serious? And like Dylan Brooks, I think Dylan Brooks, who made headlines calling out LeBron James and calling him old and all that stuff earlier. <laughs> he he this got series. his 40. He got man, his 40. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, the Lakers won by 40. I guess he yeah, respects the go. Lakers now. But man, like I think Dylan Brooks skipping out again on his uh, media 
obligations like the post game interviews and he ducked out before the media got in there after the closeout loss. It's so lame, but I think that does take a lot of the venom away from Ja with one of the all time worst predictions. If not for Dylan Brooks, I think Ja would be getting called out a lot more right Mm. there. But very chatty team, low on results. All right, coming up next anymore from the golf course. What did you like the most and what move did you dislike the most? At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. What do you love and what do you hate? We'll get to that here. Hope you're having a fantastic Saturday morning. We are broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Okay, the move that you love the most in the NFL draft thus far and the move you hate the most in the draft so far. You know what? I'm going to start off with hate. I'm going to start off like, every now and then. Like, let's start off on the right foot, like positive. No, forget that. Let's start off on a sour note over here. I think that's more interesting. I'm going to go with the Houston Texans. Wow. While they're getting a lot of roses for, oh, man, you get C.J. Stroud, and then, and then you go right back and get Will Anderson Jr. These could be foundational pieces and yada, 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 yada. I just look at this and say, if you get C.J. Stroud, okay, but you got to surround him with a lot of talent. That's arguably the main reason he was so successful at Ohio State. That would be my argument, is he's surrounded by a who's who supporting cast. And it's like having a baby and just not even throwing him in the crib with no binky, no no blanket, <laughs> no toys. No, You threw him in a cardboard box and said, ah, he'll be fine. That's what the Texans just did. They drafted C.J. Stroud, and they trade all this draft capital that they got in the Deshaun Watson trade to get Will Anderson Jr., who might be a good pro. We'll see. That's set in stone that he's going to be a stud, but he certainly doesn't play offense. And the price tag, you can't just gloss over the price tag. So the the Cardinals, they, 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 they were the trade partner in this. The Arizona Cardinals got the 12th overall pick, 
the 33rd overall pick, right, at the top of the second round, they get a first-round pick and a third-round pick next year from the Houston Texans. Question, how many games do you think the Texans are going to win this year? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, like, uh, yeah. that could be maybe the number one overall pick. It's probably a top three pick. You traded all that for Will Anderson Jr. Who I know it. Doesn't play offense. I think it's reckless by the Texans. I think they are stumbling drunk to do that. I the only thing the only thing that I can make sense of is Nick Casario has has a long leash. You know what I mean? Like they're a general manager. The only reason why you make a move like this is if if you really and truly wanted to have what you would deem your foundational player on the offense, your foundational player on the defense, and you just start building around them and everybody in the organization is aware that this team's going to stink out loud for another season and they're going to get better for it. Like, so if if you're sold, if you're the McNairs and you're sold that this is going to be a multi-year process and you go and you take arguably two of the best players on offense or defense and arguably the best player offensively and defensively in the whole draft, and you're done before the fourth pick comes in, I, I, I can make an argument. But, but again, I agree with you. I don't think they're going to be very good next year. If we're going to lead with hate, yeah, I'm going to get <laughs> I, I, I bet you I'll get crushed for this by, by someone out there listening to us right now, but I – I really think that Bijan Robinson going as high as he did is ridiculous. Yeah, I think. I mean, it's just there. I see no value in doing this. I see no value in doing this. I mean, even if he is incredible, even when running backs in this league are incredible, Derrick Henry, who has been better than Derrick Henry in the league in recent memory. No one. He's just been King Henry. We're li- give him a scepter and a crown. Where's his throne? He's amazing. Get him some but, grapes. Yeah. Give him grapes. <laughs> give, give this man a goblet. I want to see jewels. <laughs> I, I mean, he's been so unbelievable. The Titans, though, they haven't been able to get over the hump because they don't have a great quarterback. Like I, I as as great as Bijan Robinson can possibly be in the NFL, and I imagine he will be great because he's kind of one of those can't miss prospects. He shouldn't no running back. This is nothing against him. No running back should be taken that high. It's unfathomable in a league. I mean, there's no positional value. Go after an edge rusher. Go after a corner. Go after a quarterback. Go after a left tackle. Go after a wide receiver before you go after a running back. It makes absolutely zero sense to me. I hated the selection. Yeah, it reminds me of your fantasy football draft when the guy takes like a kicker in the sixth round and it's like, hey, he's, <laughs> he's on the best offense. He's going to get a million points, right? Like you can get a kicker at any point in the later rounds and he's probably going to have similar production. Cough, Tyler Algier, cough in the fifth round. Like, right, it's, it goes yeah. back to the same thing. So I agree with you there. I, I think you can put the lines in the same boat. But again, it's their organizational structure is kind of going in that direction. I'll give you, since I guess we're all being negative today, I'll give you my slightly negative take on the first round here because you guys kind of hit on the two key points. And then I'll hammer it home with a positive because mm. we're all about positivity here on the show, right? Oh, yes. yes. Um, sometimes, right? Yeah, every <laughs> um, now and then. I didn't, I didn't love – so the Chargers – Uh, at 21 had their pick of the litter. We know they needed a wide receiver. Everybody knew they were going to take a wide receiver. 
And they had their pick of the litter between Quinton Johnson, Zay Flowers, and Jordan Addison. And I think they picked the third worst guy out of that out of that trio. And it's no surprise that the uh, the Ravens ran to the window after Quinton Johnson was taken at 21 and took Zay Flowers at 22. Like, if you were going to ask me organizational talent in terms of scouting, which team, and I know the Ravens have not had a good track record with wide receivers. I get that. But besides that, they've been pretty good with scouting out players and drafting guys and getting a lot of positional value. I would choose the Ravens out of the Chargers in that group. Um, so I was a little, I, I didn't love, I, I would have, I would have gone Zay Flowers at 22, but again, that's micromanaging all three of those receivers. I'm sure each of them had an element to their game that one team, particularly like maybe the chargers, like the physical guy that doesn't really run routes that well, a little bit inconsistent, doesn't have great speed over the Zay Flowers, more polished type of receiver. Maybe they feel like they got that with Odell and they needed a little more of a body. I don't know. Um, that's where the Ravens went and the chargers, I think probably made a little bit of a mistake can we just say it, it, we've been doing the show for an hour have we mentioned Bryce Young's name yet once no <laughs> it's just because it was like uh it's just the technicality conclusion. of they actually yeah. have to announce but again but they yeah. made a trade and they moved up and I know the trade happened so long ago that by the time we got the draft night it was like stale potatoes but I do give them a lot of credit I do think Carolina made a statement um, and I think they're going to be very, uh, you know, in good hands with Allstate, right, or whatever, uh, whatever that <laughs> commercial is with Bryce Young and Frank Reich at the helm of this franchise now for the next however many years. You know, I would assume Frank's job security is probably less than Bryce's, but it, it just it seems like Carolina quietly added the best player in this draft. Yeah. And, and, and I think that, that certainly can't go unsaid. Well, uh, that's my positive. And, Brian, I, I can't wait to yeah. hear because I know you're Mr. Positivity. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> He's waiting. Yeah. I just get out of bed with just glee. <laughs> you know, each step is gleeful. Yes. So I can't wait to hear yours. But, Bryce Young, I mean, that is, that is my positive, most positive takeaway. I think Carolina did two things really right this offseason. Signing Frank Reich as your head coach yeah. not being um not being fooled by what the Indianapolis Colts did because if you want to, if you want me to be honest the Colts are the fools like the Jim Ursay he's mm. a fool uh for firing Frank Reich I think that was a mistake I think he's a fool for meddling with the depth chart in the middle of a season yeah uh, I, I, I think that they had a culture that was built up there. I think they had a leader in Frank Reich, and I think they tore it apart, or I should say one man, Jim Ursay, tore it apart because he was becoming impatient. Um, and that's a shame. And, and not for Carolina fans, though, because they're going to get to enjoy what great leadership at the front of an organization looks like. And he's gotten to get over all those early foibles of learning the position of being a head coach in Indianapolis. So Frank Reich's going to come to Carolina with all of that. And then he's going to bring in Bryce Young. This guy's a quarterback whisperer, and he doesn't get enough credit for it. I mean, think about the turnover at quarterback and the production that that Colts offense has gotten to enjoy over the course of time with some guys who have been retrofitted, too. I mean, he got a lot out of an Andrew Luck off of injury, a lot out of an aging Phillip Rivers. He got a lot out of a Carson Wentz who looked like he had one one foot on a banana peel, the other foot out the door. Um, It's kind of amazing what he's done in Indianapolis over his time as a head coach there. And you bring in Bryce Young, who's a quick processor. He gets the ball out fast. He's a pocket passer first. 
force, but he has the mobility to escape. I mean, he's a willing learner, comes out of a great culture in Alabama. I think I think it was a home run for the Carolina Panthers this offseason. Mm. I would go with uh, my positive move. I would go with the Eagles and getting Jalen Carter. And I just yeah. love the reaction from Micah Parsons, who plays for the Dallas Cowboys, division <laughs> rival of the Eagles. And he was just like, oh, are you serious? They get this guy? Yeah. They, they lost Javon Hargrave to the 49ers. And how about Micah Parsons, maybe a future GM over there where he's talking about how much money Hargrave got and, and then the money that you know Jalen Carter isn't going to get as a slotted number nine overall pick. Like That's a huge difference in cash, but you might have gotten a player that's as good, if not better, in yep. Jalen Carter right away. So for a player from a division rival to basically – throw nothing but rose petals in the direction of the Eagles for that move. I would put that at the top of the list, the move I love the most. I also, in terms of a story, I absolutely love Joey Porter Jr. getting oh, drafted yeah. by the Steelers. And there was this great picture flying around the, uh, you know, on social media where you had Joey Porter who was, you know, a linebacker, edge rusher. Never forget him with Clark Hagen's shout-out, right, with that 3-4, yeah. the edge rushers, yeah. putting heat on Peyton Manning and company. But when it was Super Bowl forty, Joey Porter won that game against the Seahawks with the Steelers. And there was this picture where he's holding both of his sons after the game. And Joey Porter Jr. at the time, he's like five, maybe, four, something like that. And he just got drafted by the same team – about, what, 17 years later? I thought that was just an awesome story. So yeah, cool. Really so cool. Was. The NFL draft, man, it, uh, it really is the best because it, it is like watching in real time lottery winners getting their life made. And, yeah. I mean, it is a life-changing moment. Uh, every single time of the year this year, uh, or the, I should say this time of the year, uh, I, I'm automatically zoomed back to my draft day and, you know, it is true. Uh, what you brought up earlier, Jared, you only get one draft day. You know, you only get to do that once in your entire life. And uh, for the few that get to hear their name called or their family get to hear their name called, um, it's one of the coolest experiences. And for Joey Porter to have that experience with his dad, you know, to, to – I mean, I'm getting chills talking about it. I, I, I can feel the tears welling up in my eyes because what a special moment for these Love two. It. You know, I mean, the the household that he grew up in, I'm sure when he was a kid, four or five years old, he had no idea what dad was doing. He just, It was just normal. Like, all dads go to work and play for the Pittsburgh Steelers, right? <laughs> yeah. Win Super Bowls and <laughs> yeah. go to Pro Bowls. <laughs> like, that's what all dads do, you know? Yeah, they, right. And, and then he, he got to realize how special that journey was. And it, when he became a young man, he started on his own journey. And it's brought him to the same exact place. Um it's it's incredible. What what a moment. What what a cool what a cool experience that must have been. And and as fans of the game in in a weird way, we all get to enjoy that along with that family because we've we've been following the game and and admiring the greatness of that team and and that player for for all those years and now we get to watch his son play for the same yellow and black. That's pretty awesome. I thought Pittsburgh quietly had a good draft too. Yeah. Uh, I thought Porter, a lot of teams 
wanted to trade up, and and we 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 heard that all you know Thursday night into Friday morning how Pittsburgh's pick, and and, and this happens every year. The first pick in the second round always gets a lot of calls because you're sitting on it for you know almost 24 hours, and then I thought they they did a really smooth maneuver. Um, earlier in the first round, uh, jumping the Jets. And, you know, you can thank the Patriots as an assist for that. So you had the Jets um, sitting there at 15. You had the Patriots at 14. And then the Steelers a couple picks back, and and, and Pittsburgh decides, hey, we're going to jump the Jets. We know the Jets want an offensive tackle. They go up and get the Broderick Jones kid out of Georgia, who, fun story, fun fact, I played craps with here at the M Casino in Las Vegas when he was in town meeting with the Raiders the night before. All of a sudden, I see this gigantic, massive human roll up to the craps table across the street from me, which is, I live right by the Raiders facility here down in southern, the you know, the southern part of Las Vegas, and he's just betting $1,000 on don't pass, and I'm like, yes, you you know, you're like, you look like you're 25 years old but you, you have a lot of money so uh and and he ends up the Raiders obviously passed they, they went another direction but he ends up going to uh Pittsburgh and he is just I mean you stand next to him Rich I stood next to you he is a large large human being <laughs> Jones out of Georgia. I love that um, yeah, like, uh, Rich large. you're sort of like nose size compared yeah. to this guy goodness <laughs> Broderick Jones is massive and then speaking of massive and speaking of Georgia man Georgia just very well represented in this draft in the third round they take Darnell Washington the tight end who you want to talk about some massive massive people that Pittsburgh brought to their roster Broderick Jones and Darnell Washington could sink a boat just the two of them sitting in it I mean it's it's absolutely absurd so you got him protecting Jones protecting Pickett now you got another weapon and then you add Porter I thought the Steelers had a quietly quietly really really slick draft all right we've got a lot to dive into we've got Rich Ornberger Penn State All-American he, he might bet a thousand bucks a pop on don't Oof. pass two on no the craps table right no big I, deal guys yeah no, no issue there Jared rain. Smith FSR betting analyst I'm Brian no coming up next playing hurt Sometimes hurts the player the most. We'll dive into that. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. All right, you guys tell me if I'm crazy. You know, you got free reign over here. Okay. I'm going to take it personally here. but You're crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't need you to finish that sentence. Good. We, we're done here. Yeah. We're done. Next topic. I, I, bet, next I bet specifically for this <laughs> thought coming up here, that, but not just in general, but how about this? So Lamar Jackson gets his contract extension, Baltimore Ravens quarterback, $185 million guaranteed. It's a $260 million deal, but it's all about the guaranteed money. 185 guaranteed. Big payday. Finally got it. Good for him. Will Will Levis, or as I call him, Will the Thrill, he falls <laughs> to the 33rd overall pick in the NFL draft. I think there's a link. You guys tell me if I'm crazy here. The link that I see between the two is if Lamar Jackson, who was banged up last year, he had a knee injury against the the, uh, the Denver Broncos. We thought it was going to be a week to three weeks. It was the rest of the season. Didn't play in the playoff game against the Bengals. That was a big topic of, hey, is he healthy enough to give it a go, even though he's going to be limited, not the same guy? And 
A lot of people thought it was contractually linked. It was tied to his contract. The point I'm making is this. If Lamar Jackson goes out there, isn't 100%, and looks like it, he doesn't have the same burst. Maybe there are a couple of errant passes. Maybe the Ravens are one and done in the playoffs, and he's a little rusty because he missed the previous four regular season games, whatever it was. He doesn't stand as good of a chance to get the payday he just got. And if you look at Will Levis with Kentucky last year, there are a lot of games that he played while hurt. There were some teams, there were reports that they were scared off because of the toe injury. Whether you buy that or not, he was hurt, and that did impact, to a degree, his production in his final year at Kentucky. So if Will Levis said, you know what? Instead of playing this night game against Tennessee, where we're clearly undermanned and I'm not 100%, I'm just going to say, nah, I, I can't go. And the crazy twist is his value might have been a bit higher come draft night if you didn't have all of these, you know, you look at the stat sheet and you say, oh, man, like I love 2021, but 2022, not so much, you know? He really took a step back. If he says, you know what, I'm not operating at 100%, I think that his value is a bit higher, and I absolutely hate that. But the point is this, sometimes when a player goes out there hurt, organizations don't take that into account. They just go by what they see. And if Lamar goes out there, isn't 100%, he might not get 185 guaranteed. If Will Levis sat on the sideline a couple of times, he might not have dropped to 33rd overall. I hate that that's the reality, but I see that playing out here. Yeah, you know, you're not crazy. Uh, I think there's some of that. I also think this. I think leverage in a lot of businesses is seasonal. I think your leverage in the NFL um, is somewhat seasonal. And I'll explain it by saying this. Like if I had an air conditioner to sell and I waited all the way until October 15th to sell it, I'm selling it for a lot less than I would in on June 15th. You know what I mean? Because people just need air conditioning less in October versus the dead of the summer, you know, or the beginning of the summer. Like you're 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 outplaying your your hand if you're waiting too long when you're you're sitting on a contract nego- negotiation in the NFL. April 23rd is around the time where you really need to start getting the contract talks piping hot again because you are four days away from the NFL realizing how cheap the talent can possibly be. Like the Baltimore Ravens, before locking the door of their war room, Lamar Jackson, I'm guessing, had the date in mind like, okay, that's about as far as we could push it because my seasonal leverage is about to decrease dramatically once we get there because then the Ravens have a decision to make. Do we really trust that Lamar Jackson is going to be our uh, long-term solution at quarterback? Or do we need to make a move here? And he didn't want to see what the answer to that question was when that war room door locked. And so I think he always had it in mind, like, I know exactly how long I could push this, but I'm going to be selling a lot less ice pops in December than I will be in August. So it's time. It's time. And so I think this had less to do with the Ravens and their valuation of Lamar or injury and had a lot more to do with Lamar. 
And I and and again, I think he should have had an agent through this whole process. I think this could have been a lot less painful. I think this could have been a lot easier on him from a public relations standpoint. Um, but the deal got done because I think he realized that his leverage was about to decrease significantly and took the best offer he possibly could by pushing it as far as he possibly could. Absolutely, hundred percent. Like he he didn't he realized he wasn't going to get what he wanted, so he took what he could. And I think it's a smart actually. Uh, and I've been critical. We've all been critical of the of the agent thing. I agree with everyone's take here. It could have been a lot easier for him if he didn't have an agent. But this is the way he wanted to do it. I mean, from what I heard, multiple agents were basically saying almost pro bono. You know, just let me take this 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 case and show you what I can do for you, Lamar. I mean, if I was an agent, that's what I would have done. I would have begged Lamar to be that guy that bridges this gap, but he wanted to go it alone. He went it alone. This was the road that he walked down, and eventually he did make the decision. Because let's be honest, the deal that he got, that he signed, that we're hearing, is not a whole lot different than what he was offered months ago. Maybe just the you know the parameters a little different. I think he had a little more money, but not a lot. He just realized you're right. The ti- timing is everything in life. He realized the timing of this deal. It made sense for him to sign now before the draft because then the Ravens go out and what do they do? They take Zay Flowers in the first round. I mean, you want to talk about upside for Lamar Jackson now? Odell Beckham. What does he have left in the tank? We'll see. Zay Flowers. Well, I'd say he's got a lot left in the tank. There's going to be some people that are going to come out, and I had some friends behind the scenes that bet Zay Flowers to be the first receiver off the board. They thought he had a chance to be the best receiver in this draft. We saw Jackson Smith and Jigba fall. We saw the Chargers make it questionable, but I think organizational decision to go Quentin Johnson, and then we see the Ravens do what they do at 22 and take Zay Flowers. That is the crystallization of the Lamar Jackson deal. And I'm happy for Lamar because I hope it works out. The difference between Lamar Jackson and Will Levis, Will Levis woke up today as the third-string quarterback on the Titans roster behind Malik Willis. That was that, that, that came out just now from Mike Vrabel that it'll be Tannehill 1, Willis 2, Levis 3. Lamar Jackson in his first season was in the postseason. He was an MVP his second year. So it, I think there's a bit of a different trajectory than the, the, the two paths those guys are going to take, even though they were drafted in similar spots. But – I do. I'm happy for Lamar, and I think it's going to work out at least to the best that it can based off of the timing of when the deal took place. All right. uh, We got a draft day steam being the wildest steam, and we've also got Isaac Lohenkron, the wildest update anchor of anchors. Is is that legit there, Ilo? What do you think about that? Oh. You've seen the pictures, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) I was young and firm. Oh, boy. And I wear yeah. it with pride. Hello. <laughs> Why uh, don't we move on to the NBA playoffs, shall we? <laughs> we've always said that about Isaac. <laughs> yeah, right. Young and firm. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of going back in time, fellas, I'm going to fire up the flux capacitor. Why don't you join me on a little journey through time? Let's go back in time to the aftermath of Game 2 of the NBA playoffs and Memphis's Dylan Brooks talking about the Lakers' LeBron James. I don't care. He's old. <laughs> I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Well, 
Whoops. In Game 6 on Friday night, LeBron and the Lakers gave him 40. <laughs> I mean, so you couldn't great. make this stuff up. Can't. Winning by 40 points, 125 to 85 to take the series four games to two. D'Angelo Russell scored 31. The Grizzlies shot 30% from the field. A postscript on Dylan Brooks reporter Tim McMahon tweeting after the game, quote, Dylan Brooks exited the locker room before the media was allowed to enter, unquote. So, since we're not hearing from Dylan Brooks anymore, I thought I'd go on social media and look at his latest mentions. Lucas tweeting, quote, Where are you, Brooks? Lakers qualify for the next round. You go back home. Don't speak too much. You need more practice, little puppy. Ha ha ha. Unquote. <laughs> Lucas summarizing things. Also, Gaston tweeted, and I quote, Decile al viejo que se prepare. Which means, in English, tell the old man to get ready. Apparently a reference to LeBron. So, the fans out there on the same wavelength, apparently, as the rest of us. Anyway, earlier on Friday night, the Sacramento Kings forced a Game 7 wedding at Golden State 118-99. to Sacramento will host Game 7 on Sunday. In Round 2, the NFL draft on Friday night, the Titans drafted Kentucky quarterback Will Levis, 33rd overall. In the third round, the Detroit Lions drafted Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker at number 68 overall. On the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Dallas Stars wanted Minnesota 4-1 to take the series in six. The Colorado Avalanche wanted Seattle 4-1, forcing a Game 7 against the Kraken on Sunday in Denver. And with that, fellas, let's go back in time to you guys. Thank you, Ilo. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right, everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. Um, in terms of draft day steam, the betting odds, you talk about wild fluctuations. It was, ins- <laughs> it was insane what happened leading up to the draft on draft day. Will Levis at the top of the list. The Reddit story where someone said, yeah, he's been telling people he's going to be the number one overall pick. And then betters just flocking to him being the number one overall pick. And then he goes 33rd overall. It was wild. It was absolutely wild. I don't think that there is, like, uh, I don't know, uh, inappropriate steam (laughs) as much as there is with draft day or leading up to draft day. Man, it was wild. Some of the steam turned out to be correct, like yeah. C.J. Stroud being the number two overall pick. It wasn't yep. all wrong. And Bryce but, Young. Man, there was Bryce Young being number one overall after, on the heels of you know yeah. the incorrect C.J. Stroud number one overall steam. But uh, man, it, there were wild fluctuations leading up to the draft. Man, if you were betting on it, you might have gotten a winning bet. But when you got it, you know, like the odds of when you got it, it could have been night and day. Crazy yeah. difference. I I feel for Levis for two reasons. One, because I think that that roller coaster ride of the pre-draft process is kind to some and it's really unkind to others. He probably at best was always going to be a late first round pick. Like maybe somebody sneaks up into the first round and steals him away. Um, 
I mean, I think we all wrapped our head around what we were hearing and sort of said, okay, geez, I mean, if the betting market is moving that significantly, um, maybe there's something to this. And, and so it's almost like the tail wagging the dog. And I think that's what happened. And with social media being what it is now and the beehive of, of, of Twitter and Redditors and, uh, and, and Instagram and TikTok followers who can get behind something and make it a thing, even though it actually isn't, I, I think that's what happened in this case with, with Will Levis. And so, you know, you go to Kansas City, you put on the suit, you know, you have the flock of women around you, and you're expected to be taken within the first 15 picks, I'm sure, and it goes completely sideways for you. And and I'll also say this. I bet you there was a certain amount of relief from these NFL executives you know, maybe in Houston, uh, maybe in Seattle, maybe in uh, maybe in in Carolina, who had a top pick and were they they were they were too afraid to leak the rumor that they had interest in Will Levis just to see if anybody would come up and bite at that that level. You know what I mean? Because like. Do you really, or is this just smoke? Like, nobody's really going to believe that. But if this is generated somewhere else, and then, you know, these executives are getting called on now, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, really? Do, do, like, are you guys going to take Levis? Look, I don't want to tell you who's on top of our board at quarterback, but let's just say there's interest. Why? Are you interested in a trade? Like, you know, like, that's, that's the sort of stuff that happens. That's why you hear a rotation of different names at these top picks, because any bites for Will Anderson? No bites at Will Anderson. How about Bryce Young? No bites at Bryce Young. Uh, what about C.J. Stroud? No bites at Will Levis? Anybody Will Levis? Anybody Will Levis? They're trying to get somebody to creep up the board and offer them everything for this pick. And, you know, this one was kind of generated online. So I, I feel for the guy. I stand by my opinion that I think Rich Ornberger would have been a fantastic auctioneer in another <laughs> life. I think, that's a, I think you missed your calling, Rich. Um, you, you would have been, you would, I would have gone to that auction and I would have just enjoyed myself. Um, so the gambling markets in this draft, the, the draft in general has become a much more interesting, bettable experience since 2020. Remember when, when Roger Goodell was in his, was in his basement doing the draft and, um, we didn't have a whole lot else to bet on during that time in April, May of 2020. Um, and it became a spectacle of gambling uh, cronies where the market would steam in weird directions and rumors and all this stuff. And it doesn't help that Reddit has just, I mean, Reddit's been a treasure trove or maybe a pirate's uh, nest of, you know, hornet's nest of bad info. You know, you get all the Reddit people that are buying game stock stock. Um, that's been a disaster. And then it reminds me, the Levis rumor reminds me a lot of the Super Bowl guys. Remember when the Super Bowl pro football reference accidentally or someone went on to the site and put the score of the Super Bowl on, on their site and people went to go bet the final score prop based off of that absurd leak that someone made up and just completely, you know, fabricated. Um, but frankly, People are gullible and they want a quick score and they want the information fed to them on a silver platter and a spoon. I mean, I get people like these in my DMs all the time. What are the locks of the day? What are, what's go? You know, it, it happens all the time. And the we got a lot of bad info in this draft. Everyone, even the smart insiders, the ones who do this for a living, the Peter Schragers, the Lance Zerlines that are 
track record proven of having good information. Got completely duped in this draft. Everybody thought the Colts were going to take Will Levis at four. Will Levis was connected to the Colts at four this entire pre-draft process. And then on draft morning, an agent tweeted out, Anthony Richardson's going to go a lot higher than people think in this draft. Yeah. And at one point, I thought it was the Titans trading up into the top four to get Anthony Richardson. I sent you guys that text right before the draft. What happened was the Texans heard C.J. Stroud was going two, and they were trying to get in front of the Texans to get C.J. Stroud. So it just it, – it's bizarre, and I think the draft markets in general are really changing. But, yeah, a lot of bad information this year, guys. Lots. All right, we've got Rich Orenberger, Penn State All-American. He's got good information. We've oh, got yeah. Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. He's got good information. Sometimes. I'm Brian No. Um, I've got opinions. You're not mad. You're mad at the information that I gave you guys before the draft. Let's oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You're not happy about that. It wasn't yeah. thrilled about that. It wasn't the greatest information. I got duped, too. JSN. JSN. Oh, that was me. I was thinking. That was you. That was all you. You were all over JSN. I thought Jackson Smith and Jigma might sneak into the top 10. What I really meant was the top 20. There you go. Yeah, it was the wrong 10. Yeah, right in. Just add an extra 10. I think I texted it twice. It counts. All right, coming up next, a surprising comeback from this team and from this player. It's Fox Sports Saturday here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. We're brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. So I love this. Our trusted producer, Bo Benson, he just mentioned to me, he goes, uh, Dylan Bricks is trending on Twitter. Oh, wow. (laughs) Instead of Dylan Brooks, the Memphis Grizzlies. uh, He deserves Yappy yet unproductive. Yeah, a player right there. But on the good side... How about this? Kind of like the opposite of Dylan Bricks. That would be De'Aaron Fox, who has just been spectacular for the Sacramento Kings. As he comes back, he broke his finger. It's like the his left fingertip 
He broke it in game four. Then I thought, well, it's a wrap. They're done without him. He's He hadn't missed a beat. He played in game five. They lost that game. But game six on the road last night, the Kings with a surprising performance, they beat Golden State decisively. They held Golden State to 99 points. Very surprising performance by the Warriors, the defending champs. But you got to give De'Aaron Fox his roses. He is, listen to this stat, the third player in NBA history with 20 points and five assists in each of his first six playoff games. It's the third time it's happened in NBA history. And he went for 26 points, 11 assists last night. He has been tremendous. So shout out to De'Aaron Fox and light the beam, light the beam. Those fans will go nuts (laughs) if they win game seven tomorrow. Oh my gosh, yeah. That's been such a fun story to follow. And Fox, like you said, deserves his flowers. It's amazing how, you know, the playoffs will make certain players you know, if you look to the NFL, how many, you know, uh, receivers has Tom Brady made in the postseason? Or even just offensive skill position players. Danny Amendola, playoff Danny. You know, uh, Wes Welker, uh, uh, Julian Edelman, that Super Bowl against the Falcons. Playoff Lenny, he literally gave him the nickname Leonard Fournette with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, there are certain guys who in the postseason – you know, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson uh, with the Yankees. Like, they go down as all-time postseason greats. Like, this guy is – he's making his name right now. And and it's amazing when that's juxtaposed against what Dylan Brooks did to his career. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I not a lot of people were saying his name all that often uh, prior to this postseason – and, and that whole commentary about how he likes to poke bears. Well, bears poke back, buddy. Um, but Darren Fox quietly, or I should say loudly, now making his name known as one of the best in the league, and he's doing it the right way. Light the beam. Mm. Um, it is a really fun team. It's a fun story. I think when you look at what Sacramento is, if they were able to pull this, first of all, they were a big underdog in the series to begin with, despite having home court. Similar, not as big of an un- or not, they were a bigger underdog than what the Nuggets are with home court against the Suns today. Um, but it is interesting to see a team that's an underdog now get a game seven at home. Um, fascinating stuff. I, I, I'm rooting for the Kings. I, I'm, I'm absolutely in the Kings bandwagon. Um, I, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a fun team, a fun story. Mike Brown is a very underrated head coach, and they're going to be a tough out. I, I, this is going to be a really good game, I think, um, uh, in Sacramento tomorrow. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. They always say this in golf, drive for show, putt for dough. Mm-hmm. And if you look at basketball – the postseason is putting for dough. Yeah. I mean, that's where you really make your name. And if you look at John Morant compared to Deer and Fox, oh, yeah. it's advantage Fox yeah. in the playoffs yeah. this season by far. And uh, and Dylan Bricks, that's the reason why it's trending on Twitter. It's not because he had a bad January. You know what I mean? It's because yeah. he had a bad playoff series. There's no doubt. Coming up next, the ceiling is often seductive to a fault. Ah, the ceiling. You got to talk about the ceiling when it comes to the NFL draft. No doubt about it. It's contractually obligated, by the way. I don't know if you knew that, but it (laughs) is. We're broadcasting live from the TireRack.com studios. TireRack.com will help get you there. An unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free road hazard protection. 
and over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Here's the thing, fellas. If you look at Anthony Richardson, quarterback out of Florida, he goes to the Colts with the number four overall pick. And you hear a lot about the ceiling. He's got a lot of potential. There's no doubt about that. But here's how I think of it. I want to hear what you guys think as well. When I always hear the ceiling and the potential and all of that, that's great. But I always say, what is most likely to be realized? That's what really matters. Your potential, that's great. But what are you most likely going to see in terms of this pro realizing his potential? So I put it like this. Think of a real tall building. You know, real tall building. And if Anthony Richardson, if we're thinking of it in terms of potential, like his top floor might be the 50th floor, okay? Like that's his ceiling. Maybe Will Levis, let's just say it's lower. It's uh, the 45th floor, okay? That's fine. That's just potential. But production-wise, if Anthony Richardson's elevator just goes to the 30th floor, in terms of production, and Levis's goes higher, I really don't care about the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's cool to talk about the ceiling. That's fine. But be realistic about how much of that potential is actually going to be realized. It's just a way to check yourself instead of just saying, well, look at the potential. It's oh, okay, fine. But really walk through what do you think is going to be realized? What's the production going to be like? Because that's the only thing that truly matters. Well, and also, when we, when we use terms like that, we feel like they are um, de- definitive terms. They're just not. They're just not. Like, I just mentioned his name, and, and you know, again, I'm kind of I'm in the misty-eyed, you know, uh, review of my own draft day. I remember we got a seventh rounder out of Kent State uh, Julian Edelman, who was a mm. dual threat quarterback, mm. and he ended up becoming one of the best receivers during his career with the New England Patriots. You know, he he helped them win a Super Bowl. He helped them win multiple Super Bowls. You know, he. I I mean, you. If we talked about Julian Edelman's NFL ceiling yeah. when he was drafted, we'd be talking about a low drop ceiling. That like when you walked into the room, you'd be like, "This is uncomfortably low." Like, why did you guys put in a drop ceiling in this bedroom? Yeah. It makes no sense. I mean, it's damn near touching the door jam. What are we doing here? Are these six and a half foot ceilings? Like, what are, are we, we just hiding cash up there? What, yeah, what's going yeah. on? Why is there a false ceiling? But you, you get my point. Like. I think this is just such a arbitrary term. Like, like we're going to say today on April, you know, or we're we're nearing the beginning of May, right? Because I don't have a calendar in front of me and I've lost track of the dates. You get my point, though. We're we're damn near May. You're going to tell me what an NFL rookie is already, or what a year, what a career is going to look like two or three years into the career, or where Anthony Richardson or Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud or Will Anderson's or Jalen Carter's ceiling looks like now. Like nobody knows Will Levis. I mean, nobody has any idea. Tom Brady was a six rounder. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it just it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks the ceiling is because the truth is Bryce Young could go into the NFL and suck. He could. Yeah. Uh, Will Levis could go into the NFL and and maybe one day replace Tom Brady as the greatest of all time. We don't 
No, nobody does. This is the inexact science of sports. You know, this is the reason why people who take such big swings, like the the movie Air, I just saw that recently. Oh, it's great. Oh, incredible performances all around. Michael Jordan out of UNC could have sucked. That's the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I mean, and guess what? Sonny Vaccaro and Phil Knight and the the execs at Nike, they could have all been fired. They could have been thrown out of there for, for betting the entire farm of their marketing budget on this uh this this great athlete out of unc because he looked great on paper and the scout said hey yeah he's a sure fire but it could have all failed it you just don't know until you know so i i can't wait to see like the the day that comes where you know i we did this actually a year ago isaac pacheco uh you know brock purdy did you guys see the nfl draft commercial where they read the analysis on them you know it People miss on their analysis. They miss on what the ceiling for these athletes are all the time. So I don't put much stock into it in the first place. The ceiling is the roof. Yeah. The great Michael Jordan would say. I, I don't even know what he – I still don't know what he means by that <laughs> years later. Um, but here's here's a list of some great third-day draft stars. Geno Atkins, Richard Sherman, David Bakhtiari, Jason Kelsey, right? Like these are foundational pieces on their respective teams. Um, obviously Richard Sherman's moved on, but the other guy's still, still active. Um, it, it just, it goes to show you just there's value in this draft at all turns. And I don't know what the Will Levis ending will be. Here's what I know today. He got drafted later than people thought. Maybe he got drafted where he should have been drafted, but just the hype surrounding it was obviously fake. Mm -hmm. And he wakes up today as the third-string quarterback on a team that I think has playoff hopes, but let's be honest, probably isn't a playoff team this year. He's the third-string quarterback on maybe the second or third-best team in the AFC South. It, it, but you know that's going to change fast. Maybe. Tannehill's you know, not there for the long haul. Malik Willis is a dud. No. Like, but what is he this year? Like, we're not going to know. The, but, but my point being, we're not going to know the answer on Will Levis this year, whereas I think we're going to get the answer on a lot of other guys a lot sooner. Like, I, I don't know if we're going to see Will Levis play at all this year. I, I, I don't. I, I, I don't know. I don't think so. When you start as the third-string quarterback on your depth chart, you're right. There could be a lot of changes, Brian. Ryan Tannehill could, could get hurt again, and Malik Willis, you know, they don't love Willis. I know that. That's why they drafted Levis where they did. I just I, – I don't know how it's it, – it's really hard. And that's why the draft is, is a hard thing to grade, and we all have our opinions. But it's going to be months, if not years, until we really get the final answer on a lot of these guys. Oh, yeah, that's the thing is – and there's you know how it goes. There's going to be instant analysis. Oh, yeah. But it's going to take a little while. And I think one of the things that we don't spend as much time as we should, now that we know where these players have gone, these five quarterbacks have gone – where you have, you know, the the top three guys, three of the first four picks. Bryce Young goes to Carolina. We all know about C.J. Stroud going to Houston. Anthony Richardson with the Colts. 33rd overall, Will Levis to the Titans. And then you get Hendon Hooker going 68th overall to the Lions. Now that you know where they are, it's interesting to look at what talent they have or what they lack around them. And I think the biggest transition is going to be C.J. Stroud right now. Going from what he had at Ohio State, which was a who's who, 
to Nico Collins and Noah Brown? Are you are you serious? Those are the weapons to throw to? So I think that we, we mentioned Josh Allen quite a bit, the Bills quarterback. And his yeah. first two years were not very good at all. And what did they do? Year three, they got this guy named Stephon Diggs, mm. who helped them quite a bit. And it wasn't all just Diggs. Allen did a lot to work on his footwork. He, he really basically fixed his accuracy issues. So he did a lot on his own. But what you're surrounded by matters as well. And so when you go team by team and you look at Carolina traded a boatload to get Bryce Young. Houston traded a boatload to get Will Anderson Jr., who might be good, but he plays defense. You know what I mean? Like Indianapolis has to upgrade the talent around Anthony Richardson a lot. It's not like Tennessee, the cupboard is full to capacity over there, right? So you've got to do a lot more to complement these players. And what you're saying, Jared, is there's going to be instant analysis, but you're right. It might take a couple of years to have a firm sense of this is the guy. We thought RG3 was going to be a stud after year one. Oh, not yeah. the case. Yeah. We thought Josh Allen was a dud after two years. Not the case. So it does take time. Yeah, I mean, Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions famously his rookie year. I mean, he stunk out loud. He was terrible, and he goes down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like, it is so easy for us, you know, to pencil whip something and say, hey, I'm turning in my class project. Um, C.J. Stroud is is going to be good. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, okay, based on what? What he did in college? That has never been an accurate uh, rubric to, to base your assessment off of because there are certain guys who are incredible in college who go to the NFL and, and just struggle. And it's situationally or it's the teammates they have around them or it's the money and the fame and the acclaim or the pressure or the coaching or the culture or the geographic location. It, it, I mean, there's so many factors. There's so many variables. It's impossible to know if a guy is going to make it at the next level. Now, there are certain percentages that you play. You know, I think it's something like the, there's a 50% hit rate. If you are five-star um, recruit out of high school, that you'll end up in the NFL, right? You know, that you'll be talented enough during your college career to end up in the NFL. So you play those percentages. You know, there's, there's something like a 40%, maybe it's something less than that. Maybe it's a 35% hit rate. If you take a first round quarterback that you, that he's going to turn into your franchise quarterback and, and at very least by all criteria be considered good. Those percentages are pretty low, but it's a really important position in the NFL, and if you can hit on 33% even, you're going to take that risk if you're a general manager because if you get one of the great ones, you're going to have a job for a long time. So, look, you got to pick somebody. And, you, you know, when your time on the clock comes – you better have a good reason to take a guy, and you may you better have a lot of scouting and a, and a lot of interviews with that guy, and a lot of conversations with his agent, and a lot of conversations with his parents and his high school coaches, and do all the background. But we all know because we've been watching this game long enough. Shoot, I played it. When you get out there and the bullets are flying for real, some guys can do it and some guys can't, and we're not exactly sure why that is. Yeah, I think that's why the C.J. Stroud stuff's interesting. Um, because the pre-draft process was very negative with him. 
Yeah. Um, way more negative with him than any of the other guys. And from oh, what I, I heard. Oh, I think it was way more with Willis. You don't think so? You, you thought it was more negative with Stroud than, than uh, Will the Thrill Levis? Well, the S2 score. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, that, that was the real part about it. And from what I'm hearing, it was fat, not fabricated, but the score wasn't as low as what was reported. And, yeah, I think Levis, I mean, there was, I sent you guys the reports. I still have it in my inbox. The, 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 the scouting report of Levis from the combine was that he was going to be the number one pick. I still have that in my inbox from things that I tweeted out during the pre-draft process because I thought to myself, I tweeted out two things critical of the pre-draft process. The first was how people thought Anthony Richardson was going to be the number one pick. I was like, do we, do we watch the games this year? And second was how we thought Will Levis was going to be the number one pick. Similar, do we watch the games this year? <laughs> it was so positive about their physical tools and so negative about C.J. Stroud's mental acuity, that was all I heard during the pre-draft process was Richardson and Levis were just these physical specimens and teams were drooling over them and that C.J. Stroud, teams were a little concerned about the mentals and how he diagnosed defenses and the S2 score and all that stuff. Those were That was the smoke I heard about these quarterbacks leading up to the draft. Didn't hear much about Bryce Young, Makes sense. Everyone kind of knew going forward he was going to be the number one pick. There wasn't need to smoke him up or smoke him down in any way because he was going one, and that was the end of it. But the other three, there was a lot of this jockeying. And I think even even Chris Ballard, the Colts GM, if you watch his post-draft interview, even he was critical of the negative smoke that C.J. Stroud was getting. He came out and said it. He said, I, I hated the way he was covered. He didn't mention Stroud by name, but you can kind of read between the lines who he was talking about based on the F2 score and, and some of the other things that were reported. And it's going to be interesting to see which quarterback uses this as a chip. Bryce Young obviously doesn't, isn't going to use that as motivation. He was the number one pick, although he could find his own motivation. Richardson kind of got picked where he maybe was supposed to. But C.J. Stroud, a lot of negative. A lot of people coming out and saying he can't diagnose defenses, not smart enough to play in the NFL. And Will Levis, of course, with the slide. Those two guys now have these natural chips that they can put on their shoulder and use as fuel. And it'll be interesting to see which one kind of comes out with the better career. Because I think Stroud and Levis, you know, Richardson got drafted higher than I think some people thought. Bryce got taken first. Richardson and Levis have these kind of stigmas, you know. And it'll be curious to see – or Stroud and uh, Levis have these kind of stigmas. It'll be interesting to see which one uses that as motivation, has a better pro career. I think it would be hilarious if Willis in the same division – I don't know why I keep going calling him Willis. I think it's because we <laughs> talked about Malik Willis Malik for Willis. a second. <laughs> yeah, man. Will the thrill – it'd be hilarious if Levis is better than top five pick C.J. Stroud and Anthony Or Yeah, and they're all in the same division. They're all in the same division. It's fascinating. <laughs> it, it would it really be hilarious. Is. Oh, yeah. But you know how it goes with the fan bases. You know, I was doing a fill-in show in Indianapolis yesterday – and I'm like, yeah, I don't, I just, I'm not sold on Anthony Richardson. He threw 393 passes in college. Yeah, what do the Hoosiers fans think about this? Oh, my this gosh, Richardson this pick? dude. Everyone thought Levis. Well, th- well, now that it's R- Anthony Richardson, this guy, look at the potential. He's like <laughs> oh, clay. <laughs> He's like clay that can be He can jump over the here. moon. Well, yes. I, will say, I will say this. You know, I, you know when, you, when you evaluate some of the things that he did in the college football season, um, and and you you get to see some of the tape that maybe you missed before. 
there there are arguments to be made based on the tape that he's better than maybe he looked on the stat sheet. Mm. But at the same token, all of this is looking through life wearing the Pollyanna lenses, you know, the rose-colored glasses. Like, where, I mean, it could be awful or it could be great or guess what it, it's most likely somewhere in between but but the reality is you can't you can almost base nothing off of what you think may happen from what you saw on 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 film because how many times has that happened where you know there's there's even guys who've struggled at the college level who came to the NFL and mm-hmm. just figured it out then because some people even physically don't mature enough until they get to the NFL. The famous example there is James Harrison. You know, I mean it's yeah. you just you just never know. It's such a blind faith thing and the fact that there are million dollars to spend, millions of dollars to spend, and you have to pick somebody anyways, making a justification for why a team is a genius in the spring is what the fan base's job is. So I'm sure in Indianapolis, in Carolina, in Houston, they are cheering on their franchises like, we got our guy. We got our guy. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to go to fine. Iowa. Yeah. We're going to go to New Hampshire. What, what's crazy, too, is those <laughs> those teams might have gotten their guy, but the Jaguars in that division definitely have oh. their guy. Oh. They have their guy. <laughs> that, and that's an interesting juxtaposition because all three of those teams that we just mentioned with these new quarterbacks – Meanwhile, the Jaguars just sitting up there, kicking their yep. feet up. Would they go O-line in the first round, right? Yeah. Like, yep, we're good. We're all right. We got the guy we want. We got Evan yeah. Ingram. We got all these great receivers. We got our great offensive coordinator, great mind, Doug Peterson, head coach. We're just going to go offensive tackle in the first round and let yep. you guys worry about all that quarterback Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. All right, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All-American. We've got Jared Smith, FSR betting analyst. <laughs> I'm Brian. No, I don't know why I'm talking so fast. I thought I would do it that way. Coming up next, this strategy would have made sense, but no team elected to do it. It's Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. At the end of your first year, Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earned doubled. Seriously, see terms and check it out for yourself at Discover.com slash match you know this strategy made sense no team elected to do it at the top of the nfl draft which was hey don't go with the quarterback this year if you're expected to have a bad season maybe uh, you're in line to draft a guy like caleb williams from usc or drake may from north carolina it was an interesting thought like hey maybe the texans do that maybe they Defer to the second half, if you will, and look at the 2024 draft. And that did not turn out to be the reality over here as these quarterback needy teams, they just couldn't wait an extra season. And I get both sides of it. On one side, you could say there are some coaches that are just drooling over Caleb Williams in particular. There was a piece that Bruce Feldman did on The Athletic, and he quoted a quarterback coach that said about Caleb Williams, his arm is special, his play extension is special, his throw selection is special, he's the closest I've seen to Mahomes, he's like a refined Mahomes. Oh, man. That's <laughs> what this guy said. Oh, boy. And so, on that hand, I get why you would think about looking to next year's draft to address your quarterback position, but not knowing where you're going to be in the order. I, I understand that side of it, too. Maybe the Texans mess around and they win a couple of of games and they they don't have a top two pick. 
that was possible also if they didn't go quarterback this draft. So I see both sides of it, but I'll just say one last thing. If you look at the Seattle Seahawks, there were a lot of mock drafts that had the Seahawks getting Malik Willis as their quarterback last year, and they didn't do that. They went offensive line, and they were way better off doing it that way. So I understand all these teams, they got to have a quarterback, and that's fine. But, man, sometimes in this particular case, waiting would play out to be the better option of the two. Yeah, but you, you just never know. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, even Seattle using them as an example, and, and not to refute your point because I think it's beautifully laid out, but they got lucky on Geno Smith. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Geno Smith, even when Seattle signed him as their backup – and they traded for Drew Locke. Like the the thought process was like, we're we're gonna we're gonna struggle at that position this year. Like we know it, we know it. We're we're but we're gonna make do. And you know what? We're gonna try to lean on our running game because we really have a lot of belief in in our running back room. And we're gonna try to get better up front. And that the, our long term goal, our long term strategy is gonna be. Let's just be good enough at quarterback. Let's possess the football. Let's try to rebuild this defense, and let's see where we're at in division, okay? But Geno Smith was a happy surprise, and that's the reason why you can't really guess what what you're going to have. You you have to let these things unfold. Now, Seattle looks like geniuses because they got more out of Geno Smith than anybody has, and he's been with multiple teams, and it puts them a little bit in the catbird seat here, especially if he's able to revisit some of what he was able to do last season, this season. It really gives them some buffer before – or or who knows? I I don't even want to I don't want to underplay the ceiling for Geno Smith either. Who knows? Maybe this guy could end up winning a Super Bowl for them. I mean, is it a, is it a possibility? Sure. Is it gonna happen? I would bet no. But but he really turned in a nice season for them last year, so it puts them in a different stratosphere. But that was that was complete luck, you know. So any of these these teams who took a quarterback this season, even if there's a better crop coming in next year, just like the Arizona Cardinals did, sometimes you just go right back in and you get another quarterback, just like the Tennessee Titans did. You know, sometimes you feel like, ah, you know what, maybe, maybe we weren't. Uh, uh, thrilled with the selection we we made and instead of going with Rosen we're going to draft a Kyler Murray instead of going with a Willis we're going to draft a Levis and we're going to we're going to roll the dice again and see if we can come up with a better a better roll of the die this time the one thing I've learned in the NFL the last few years especially now that I do this every day and it's it's like my it it really is just it's it's just a chore to, to to stay up with these teams but the one thing I've really noticed is there is not a lot of this long-term strategy with the draft. Every team, every year is its own independent event. And I don't think you really can have this, oh, we'll just punt till next year and draft Caleb Williams. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, Caleb Williams played 25 games in college football. Like, mm-hmm. can we let the guy play? He ha- he's not even played two full seasons. So I... I that needs to be the first part of the equation is we are all we're going all in next year for a guy that we don't know yet anything that's going to take place this season we don't know how any of the vibe is going to look in next year's draft who's at the top of the draft what do they need etc etc and another thing that I really struggle to wrap my head around when it comes to drafting guys next year before we've even gotten through this draft 
the NFL stands for not for long. If your strategy is, oh, I'll be around next year to draft Caleb Williams. What if you're not? What if you have a 2-14, and 2-15 and 15 year, and you're fired? And you're not even there to draft Caleb Williams. So I understand why teams are not as long-term with the top of the draft. We're drafting in the top of this year's selection process. We need to get a guy that can help us win right now because I might not be around to draft next year. So who cares if Caleb Williams is coming? Because if I'm not picking, then I don't really care who's at the top of the draft. So I, I, I understand why the short-term strategy um, is prevalent with a lot of these teams. They need to win right now because that's the kind of league that they're in. That's the kind of job security that they have, which is basically none. Maybe Nick Casario and, yeah, and Domingo exactly. Ryans have a little bit more runway, but for the most part, you got to win right now in the NFL or you might not be around next year to make a pick. I point. get it, but that's what I think with the Houston Texans is getting C.J. Stroud, they very easily could have a top two pick next year. It's they possible. really could. And, and they'd be sitting there like, Mm. we could make a run <laughs> if we had that pick anymore, which they don't because of the Will Anderson Jr. trade. If they had that pick, they might think, mm, maybe Caleb Williams or Drake May, we'd rather have either of those guys than C.J. Stroud. They very well could be thinking that well, next year. To your point, to your point, and, and this proves your point, is look at the Chicago Bears. How many people thought – that they might trade away Justin Fields and go back into the draft for Stroud or Bryce Young this yeah, year before sure. trading their pick to the Carolina Panthers. So your point is well heard, man. I mean, it is a win-now league to Jared's point, too. It's, it, we're in strange times because the instant gratification that these general managers in their front offices need to strike with their franchise and their fan base, I mean, that's a real thing. No, it absolutely is. Someone else who is also a real thing. <laughs> I love the segues every time. This is my favorite part of every show. The ILO segue. It should get That's its own right. like, buffer. He's a real thing. He's a real human. He is a real breath of fresh air, I would say. That Thank would you. be one Isaac Lowenkron. What's going on, ILO? Actually, I hate to break it to you, but I'm actually an app. All this time, you thought I was Siri. a human. No. Yeah, he's yeah. AI. Just a, uh, j- just a proprietary chat GPT, if you will. Speaking mm-hmm. of the real thing, I have an honest-to-goodness treat for you guys because I have a legitimate Dylan Brooks update. Uh-oh. I have breaking Dylan Brooks news yep. that you have not heard anywhere else. So in he the meantime, a reporter. here's what I want you guys to do while I set this up. I want you to get on your Twitter feeds and go to Twitter slash at L-A-D-E-I-G. There's a video there that I'm about to talk about. I want you guys to check it out while I give you the background. So we, we start by going back for the context. Game two of the NBA playoffs. Memphis is Dylan Brooks talking about the Lakers, LeBron James. I don't care. He's old. <laughs> I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Well... In Game 6 on Friday night, they did give him 40 as LeBron and the Lakers defeated Memphis by 40 points, 125-85, to eliminating the Grizzlies four games to two. Now, to give people out there uh, sort of a lay of the land, 
a lot of visiting NBA teams when they go to play the Lakers stay about a block away from Crypto.com Arena at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. And so the Grizzlies were staying at the Ritz a block away from the arena. And a guy who runs a Laker account, a Laker fan account named Aaron, Mm -hmm. actually took a video of Dylan Brooks walking the one block from Crypto.com Arena to the Ritz-Carlton Hotel and titled the video, Dylan Brooks's Long Walk of Shame. It's Dylan Brooks taking a three-minute walk, and it is one of the saddest things you will ever see unless you're a Lakers fan. He's being surrounded by Lakers fans. He's being heckled. He's stone-faced, expressionless, wearing dark glasses, still wearing his DB necklace. He's wearing like a red long sleeve shirt and shorts, which is not a good look in my opinion. What about the bag, again, though? What? what? about the bag, Ilo? What do you think the bag is? It's a purse, right? Yeah. A man, man purse, purse, a purse. It's a European satchel. A European <laughs> satchel. He's <laughs> got all of his keys and wallet in there and everything. I didn't, I have, yep, I didn't yep, have yep. the former NFL offensive lineman defending the uh, defending <laughs> Dylan Brooks. Sunglasses at Night's a bold Sunglasses at night, yeah. Those are really b- bright flash yeah, bulbs. It's really, the lights are bright in LA this time of year, huh? What does uh, what does Zach Galifianakis say in the Hangover? <laughs> where it's like, it's where I keep all my things, and he's like, so and so has one, and and, and the, the reply is, so does Joey Behart. But I can't remember what Zach says initially. I can't remember. I didn't oh, have one. Oh, Indiana, Indiana Jones oh, wore one. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones wore one. Amazing. I didn't have Rich Ornberger defending Dylan. Brooks's fashion sense on my bingo board uh, this morning, by the way, but I, I appreciate I, I own that exact outfit, uh. and in fact, I am a huge supporter of fanny packs. So, really? yeah, oh, God, yeah. Oh, so I wear one all the time when I walk the dog. I keep his treats in there. Yep. Yep. Well, what did Belichick say when you showed up at uh, at the facility <laughs> with that on? Uh, I can see Rich. Belichick rocking a fanny. I uh, yeah yeah actually it's a good point. He <laughs> does see kinda, that. He does look like a fanny pack guy. Hundred percent. Not. I walked in and he said, "Take it off or leave." <laughs> <laughs> I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, so, Threw it in the trash immediately. So the, <laughs> it burned it. The video already has ten thousand views. It's only been up for about half an hour. But again, That's Dylan amazing. Brooks' long walk of shame is recommended viewing on this day. Meanwhile, the Sacramento Kings and Golden State headed to a Game 7 to decide who is going to play the Lakers in the conference semifinals of Sacramento. One Game 6, 118-99. Game 7 on Sunday at Sacramento. In Round 2 of the NFL Draft Friday night, the Titans drafted Kentucky quarterback Will Levis 33rd overall on the third round. Detroit drafted Tennessee quarterback Hendon Hooker at number 68 overall. And multiple outlets report that we've already have it had a trade this morning. The Chicago Bears trading the first pick of the fourth round of the draft to the New Orleans Saints. So the Saints are now on the clock for when the draft resumes at the top of the hour. Fellas, all yours. Thank you, Ilo. Saints on the clock. Like it. By the way, can I be a complete jerk with this uh, this Twitter page over here? It looks like a great page, by the way. What did you say? Aaron runs it? Yeah, uh, Aaron runs it. Mm-hmm. Lakers all day, every day. Every day should be two words. Like the way he laid that. <laughs> what are oh, you yeah. doing right there? What? Yeah. Is all day? Is that one really word? Do. No, it's two words right there. 
It every is. day. He, you're right. He like he liked the acronym though. L A D E. Yeah, L A D E. He has to because it doesn't have the same ring to it if it's L A D E D. That's right. Yeah, he did it. Not sacrificed grammar for like being able to remember it. Oh, by the way, one final note about the Dylan Brooks look or lack thereof: the dark glasses at night. Only Jack Nicholson is allowed to do the dark glasses at night because his own luster. Exactly. He wears the dark glasses because his own luster gets in his eyes. So Jack Nicholson, it's okay. Dylan Brooks, not so much. You know, I I agree with you. The game last night really was not as big of an offense when uh, people put Super Bowl as one word. That's the greatest offense right, right there. Right? Right. Oh, yeah. You were really upset. You were really you were, hot you got upset. about that. It's the biggest game we got. I do remember words. that. You yeah. got upset. So, yeah. Yeah. I, and listen, uh, you know, every day sometimes it is one word. I think it's just when it's an adjective, right? Like when it's like my everyday routine. That would be one word. Is that but, true? Uh, but Lakers all day, every day? What about like a nickname of a player? Like everyday buckets. Would that be two words? Yeah, maybe this uh, guy's everyday buckets. Yeah, it'd be one word. Everyday buckets, buckets, one word. This yeah, is a pronoun, so maybe maybe he just makes his own rules. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, tr- it truly. I mean, like it truly. I mean, I gave or, him a retweet. I think this even, is good content here. It is not good even content. a pronoun, a proper noun. Like when yeah. it's a proper name, noun, a proper no, noun. When it's hey. a name, you could you could name anything, anything you want. Yeah. I mean, instead of jackpot, I mean, you could have named your dog Jared every day, and we would have all had been like, well, look, that's the spelling. There's we a few know. things he does every day. I won't uh-huh. get yeah. into the specifics. <laughs> Two words right there. Two words <laughs> in, that, in that situation right there. By the way, how about this? Bla- trailblazers in the NBA? Two words. Two words. Two words. Oh, Technically two words. You are the, the grammar thing. king of sports. I don't if there, know if there was a grammar so title, this. you would be at the peak. Well, Mr. it's no. a, a trademark thing. They can uh, shorten it to Blazers, and they don't actually own the word trailblazer, uh, right? Okay. So they go two words right there. Okay, so okay, okay. How, I how see where you're going. Yep, yep. This is fascinating. Fascinating. This is By sports the- <laughs> 101 right here. Guys. This is really how about the this, um, stuff. Coming up next, roundtable gambling talk. Roundtable yeah. one word. Love that. Just verifying, right? Just one. I think it sense. Well, I don't. Are, I, I'm. I'm scared to make any grammar proclamations around I, yeah. you now. I. I are we talking right. pizza roundtable pizza or just like the table we're pizza. all sitting at is round square See, box round pizza triangle slices love pizza. Like it's the an table is itself. round. You know, is it? Uh, I think it's sometimes money line. I, you know what? As oh I'm yeah, the money line. I get confused with a lot. Money line trips me up. Sometimes yeah. I see it two words. Sometimes it's one. I'm like, what's technically the right way? I don't I mean, know. I, I'm now nauseous. I'm gonna throw up. I, I, I mean, I'm now com- so confused. I, I'm physically ill. You didn't tell me there was gonna be grammar on this test. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll get back to gambling. That definitely <laughs> yeah, will be part of the go. show. That's coming up. Uh, we've got Rich Ornberger, Penn State All American, Jared Smith. FSR, betting analyst slash guru. I'm Brian No Round table, whether it's one word or two words, we don't even care. We give you free reign. Round table gambling talk around the corner. It is Fox Sports Saturday right here on Fox Sports Radio. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Here's Johnny. To John Moran in the corner, not even close. Lakers are running. Reeves in the middle. All the way, score! Timeout, Memphis. Showtime! Welcome back in. It's Fox Sports Saturday live from the TireRack.com studios. That was the progressive play of the day. Brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. The sound you heard compliments of Spectrum, Sportsnet, Lakers TV as the Lakers beat the Grizzlies by 40 in a closeout (laughs) Game 6 win. Lakers over the Grizzlies. They move forward. And we'll find out if they face either the Kings or the Warriors in the next round. Uh, up on game, top of the hour, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada with you today. By the way, props to the crew, Iowa Sam doing his thing, technical producer. Our trusted producer, Bo Benson, Lakers fan right there. He's mm-hmm. giddy. He's like uh, Lakers in a gentleman sweep, whether it's uh, Warriors or Kings. I'm putting wow. words into his mouth, but he, he likes he likes his Lakers against either of those teams. He loves them. And also our guy, Isaac Lowenkron. Yeah. Update Acre, extraordinaire. You the don't like uh, you don't like the Lakers going forward in the second round in then, a huh, gentleman's dude? sweep. Well, I, I added that he didn't. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Anything's possible, but I I I think those if those Kings can find a way to light the beam tomorrow, ooh, yeah. baby. You know what's crazy is I think the Kings are a worse matchup. Totally for the agree. Lakers. Oh, yeah. right. Because Athletic. Fast, totally agree. quick, you know, yeah. they're going 100 miles per hour. Curious like, what the line will be in that series, what the series price will be. It's fascinating. Mm. If it is Lakers-Kings? Yeah, I think the yeah. Lakers will be slight favorite. But, yeah. Uh, Warriors were favored as not having home court by a big margin against the Kings. It was like minus 250 they were favored in the series. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't love those odds anymore. Right? Uh, yeah. no, Can't wait for really. Game Seven. Locked All right. T- so, uh, one word or two words, whatever your preference is. Round table, <laughs> gambling talk. Yeah, uh, we'll start with you, Jared Smith. What are you thinking for today? Guys, how about this? this? There is a baseball game being played in Mexico City today between the Padres and the Giants. The total is fifteen and a half. Oh man! <laughs> I wow. mean, you got to bet the over, right? 
<laughs> Tee it up high and let it fly in Mexico City. Remember when they played in London, the Red Sox or the Yankees? The totals were in the teens. They were scoring 30 runs in the game. So, I mean, listen, you're not going to get rich betting a total of 15 and a half, but I would bet the over between the Padres and the Giants today because something's brewing down there in Mexico City. And I'm going to take the Nikola Jokic over assist props. How about this? He's Ooh, averaging 37 and a half nice. minutes per game yeah. in the playoffs. At home, when he plays 38 minutes or more, this assist prop has hit every single time in the over. Seven out of seven this year. Volume and dimes for Nicola today against the Suns. Over nine and a half assists. Okay. Wow. I love it a lot, uh, especially that Padres-Giants line because also remember, you're at altitude in Mexico oh, yeah. City. That ball flies yep. at altitude. Okay. Um, I'm just going to make this simple. Kings, money line, book it. I, I just, I, I think this is a hungry team. I think that they've hung around in this series and done everything that they were supposed to do. Get it to a game seven at home in Sacramento. I mean, this line is narrow thin. So if you like the Kings, you, Kings, you like them to win. I like the Kings to face the Lakers in the second round. Light the beam. Yep, light the beam. Game one tonight, Nuggets hosting the Suns. Interested in this series. I'm going to be a little bit dangerous over here. A little dangerous because Devin Booker was tremendous in many games against the Clippers. I'm going to take his point total under 30 and a half today. I know he's been cooking. It's dangerous, but he's going to be a key for that Nuggets defense. They're going to, they might double him and force other guys to beat him. So I'm going to take the under on D book 30 and a half. If it's wrong, uh, just forget. I even said that, you know, everybody have a great day. We'll see you. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 